we wanted to make sure that we did it right. The TikTok algorithm, they take care of those first couple of posts and really push it out there. So we've been doing a lot of research and fact finding on other brands that are doing TikTok right. But most importantly, once they're doing it wrong, you can get an awful lot of findings just reading comments on that platform, which is just fascinating. It might be a guilty pleasure of mine, but I love looking at the comments on some of the ads and how people just rip these brands apart because they're not participating in the platform as it's meant to be, right? They don't want TikTok to be used like Instagram or to be used like Facebook or like Pinterest. They want it to be used like TikTok. People don't want to see the posed pictures anymore, the pretty studio shots. They want the real grittiness. And I think that's what that platform is perfect for. D2C marketers, let's get real. How many hours have you wasted searching for brand influencers only to come up empty-handed? It's time to stop spending time searching, scrolling, and haggling with influencers and start using creator marketing with Hashtag Paid. With Hashtag Paid, you can find your perfect creator match for your brand in less than 10 minutes every time. Getting started is easy. Just select your audience, campaign objectives, pick from a short list of creators, and hit run. It's just that easy. There's a reason why Hashtag Paid is the number one rated influencer marketing platform for D2C brands. As a D2C listener, you can even get credits for your first campaign. Just go to go.hashtagpaid.com slash DTCpod to get started. Well, we're set here. You know, usually we, uh, you know, quite often when we have brands on, we'll do like a pre-interview and we'll, you know, really isolate exactly what we talk about. But then on All Killer No Filler, we just like to grip it and rip it. And that's what we're doing here with Zach Volpo, Director of Marketing from Marquise, as well as Takai and Rob from Pilot House Amazon. Uh, welcome to All Killer No Filler. Zach, you've been in the food and beverage game there in LA for, for a while now. We've got a lot of food and beverage listeners, a lot of food and beverage subscribers. What, like, can, can you just kick us off with your sort of like your overall like best tip for moving volume of beverages? Yeah, I think getting out there, get, getting uh, liquid to lips, you, you, you really can't beat it. Um, I think people are kind of immune to all the stuff they see from behind the screens nowadays. And these like in-person interactions are, um, you, you can't put a price on them. So I think uh, finding ways to, to reach that customer before expecting them to reach you is just like absolutely crucial. And surprise and delight, right? You want to get out there. Give me some examples of some of the most successful integrations you've had along those lines. Yeah, so finding opportunities within our own like uh, retail customer base has been uh, unbelievably lucrative for us this year. Um, before we would uh, just try and sample product and, and hand it out to uh, everyone on the street. Um, the issue is, is you can never, uh, you can't find them again. Um, so now by taking care of our, our current retail partners and uh, hooking them up with um, the goodness that is Marquee, we know exactly where to find them to see what they thought of it go back the next day to see if they want to do a pop-up and then uh, most importantly, start like diving into their own community. So really taking that kind of like smaller grassroots approach and, and walking before we run um, has been a, a big bright spot on, on this, uh, this year so far. Amazing. Just creating that top of funnel generation that you then service through your distribution channels. Uh, before we get into distribution, I wanted to also ask you, what's the toughest aspect about marketing a beverage? Uh, I think uh, the, the uncertainty of, of people needing another beverage, right? Especially in like the, uh, the caffeine space. Everyone's been, been burnt before going for that healthier option. Um, and it it, it, it's lacking on taste. Um, so just because something's healthy for you, we're trying to prove it can also uh, be good for your taste buds as well. Um, the hardest thing is kind of just like overcoming that hurdle 
um, and helping people understand just because we're sugar-free, we've got a bunch of vitamins and antioxidants and every certification you can imagine, um, you're actually going to enjoy consuming it, which is something different that, that no one else has really been able to own. Um, so we're, we're, we're slowly but surely getting there. Um, that's cool. People make the change, you know, it's, it's with aspirational products, it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to try, but them making that jump to repeat buyers, to building that into their lives, the way that, you know, other, other products might exist there now that are, that yeah. are less healthy. That's uh, what, what, what has been your best effort for converting those first time buyers into people that have the, you know, that have the thirst for marquee? I mean, honestly, the best effort is is allowing them to buy more versus just less. You know, um, we want people to instead of just buying twelve cans at once, buy twenty four or thirty six, uh, because we know that the more that they have on deck, the more they're going to share with their friends and with their family, and then the more they're going to be able to um, kind of like drink it throughout the week and, and find a way for the product to like work itself into their life. Essentially, it. it's really cool to see how like versatile um, our drink is. Um, just due to all of the, uh, the, the health benefits and whatnot. Very cool. You just went through a big website refresh. I'm not sure if it was a full rebrand, but a, a, a quite a big website refresh. How has this affected your marketing efforts so far? You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's helped a lot. It, it really kind of caught us up with, uh, with, with speed, with everyone else in our category. Um, before we kind of just had like the basic nuts and bolts, it was nothing to write home about. Um, but it, we're seeing that our product is a lot more, um, a lot more validated. Uh, with that uh, really unique um, experience that that customers are able to uh, to engage with, we've got like a one of a kind product, and not having a website that was one of a kind as well. It was kind of like mixing and matching of the uh, the perception of the piece itself. So we're getting great response, and it um it it kind of sheds light on the uh, on the excitement of the drink um, by being able to to tell the same story through the website. It's a gorgeous website. Was it a full rebrand, like a package rebrand as well, or just the website? Yeah, full full rebrand. So website, packaging, and uh, a slight reformulation. So um, we've been around since about 2010, um, realized that there was uh, some things that we could improve upon. And uh, by rolling up our sleeves for like the last 18 months or so, um, we, uh, we threw a bunch of different stuff at the walls to see what would stick. And uh, I, I, think we, I think we struck gold. We're seeing great results at retail. Um, a lot of pull through online. And so now our packaging finally exemplifies like how unique of a product that we have. Um, before, um, the packaging wasn't really telling the full story. Chris and Danny were like way ahead of their time and, and the formula that they created were the only drink in the world that uses this blend of, of caffeine. And so now we have a package that is uh, as unique as, as the liquid inside of it. And it's also, it has that chance at being really iconic too, because it's so simple and clean, I would, I would say. I, I think so. I think before what we struggled with was we had a, a package whose like visual hierarchy um, wasn't wasn't clean, right? And so in, in consumers' first perception, if they see that the packaging is messy, they're going to assume that the formulation is messy, right? So we had to find a way to like walk the line to that like minimalistic approach while still eliciting taste profile, right? Because the 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 cleaner and more minimalistic you go you kind of compromise on it being like fruit forward and tasty, but the more fruit forward and tasty you go, you compromise on, on being healthy. So we had to find a way to walk that line. And, um, I, I think it, uh, I think it resonates. I, I definitely think it's memorable. And I think that it's, I know that it's, it's working based off of the results we're seeing here at Target. So to talk about, let's talk about D to C for a minute here. What does your sort of D to C distribution, uh, mix kind of look like in relation to Amazon, let's say. 
Yeah. So uh, Amazon really is the uh, it's it's our best friend right now. Um, we're also running ads on on Facebook and Instagram, um, but still kind of just like getting our feet wet there. Um, it's a completely different beast. Uh, what we're seeing on on Amazon, of course, is is the customer has like a um, they have intent when they go to the website and they know they want to buy something. Um, it's not so much the same on, on Facebook and Instagram. People aren't go- going on those uh, platforms necessarily to buy something. They know they're going to get trying. They're going to get pitched. They're going to try and get sold. Um, but I think after everyone stared at their screens for so many months during COVID, people are kind of immune to it now. So they don't want to be sold if they're not in the mindset or, or willing to be sold upon. Um, so that's kind of where uh, we're looking right now. Thank God for the uh, the Pilot House team, though. That's awesome. Well, that's a good segue. Uh, recently come on uh, with the Pilot House team. And Takai, you put through uh, a few notes about what we chat about here. Can you talk a little bit about our strategy when we brought Marquee on for, for, for how we were going to launch them? On, I guess relaunch them on Amazon? Sure. Yeah. So uh, speaking to the old inventory when we were uh, prior to the rebrand, we wanted to take advantage of uh, a good testing period, basically. We wanted to see what we could do with those old inventory to prepare uh, and so we could transfer all those learnings into the, the new rebrand once we launched that on Amazon. Um, so we wanted to see how quickly we could sell through the inventory um, while still maintaining at least profitability. That's awesome. So what did you do? What were, what were your first... So, you, so basically, you've got, this, you've got the old brand, which... There, it's, it's sort of sunk cost. You've got this inventory. You want to move it. You're willing to accept, you know, just above profitability. Um, what, what steps do you take? So our approach was pretty measured. We wanted to be really careful in the beginning to do as little as possible, actually, so we could kind of have a control to start measuring as we implemented new strategies and to really see what the effect was. Um, so we started out launching the product at full price to see what our, like, what our sales would be like. Uh, so we had some, a control, basically. So we had something to measure. Um, as we went forward, we continued to implement new strategies such as uh, different discounts um, and price changes complete uh, with promotions uh, and then also trying new niches as far as our PPC strategy goes. Um, and we started to really dial that in towards, you know, as we actually sold out. Very cool. So um, a full creative rework, deep dive PPC research. Give me some example. Are you are you able to talk about some of the niches that you dove back into that, that Marky wasn't as focused on previously? Yeah. So uh, Marky, I'm sure Zach would be able to talk on this more, but Marky, um, they don't brand themselves as an energy drink anymore. They had it previously in the retail space and it was being marketed in the energy drink aisle. And then they realized uh, that it was doing better as a tea. So our approach initially was actually to because it was categorized as an energy drink on Amazon. We switched that up, uh, pulled it out of the energy drink category and moved it to the iced tea category so that it was um, where it belonged better a little bit. So we gained some more relevance in that in that space. Um, but we did continue to advertise in the energy drink space because there's still a, a big market there, especially on Amazon. And um, being so bottom of funnel, we can still take advantage of that, that niche, even if we don't particularly want to brand as an energy drink. So that was... The, the main place, so the, those healthy energy drinks, organic energy drinks, stuff like that, is, is the main place where, though the brand was moving away from it, we still wanted to try to capitalize as best we could. On the halo of it, like, why not? Especially during this testing period. It's time to let your customers enjoy the products they love without the friction of reordering. That's why the world's most innovative brands like Pete's Coffee and Il Maquillage rely on order group subscriptions to build long-lasting customer relationships and deliver recurring revenue. 
OrderGroove integrates with all e-commerce platforms, making the experience easy to manage and seamless for shoppers. From enrollment incentives to churn-fighting AI, OrderGroove gives your business the tools it needs to be the next big subscription success story. Visit ordergroove.com DTC to receive two months off your first contract. Rob, like, do you, in, like, what were the kinds of learnings that were generated around promos and price changes? Yeah, so, I mean, Takai can correct me if I'm wrong, but the one, big one that boosted velocity towards the end of the old inventory was BOGO. Nice, buy one, get one. Yeah, we initially started a promo as a, a buy two, get one, or, or buy one, get one half off. Um, and we didn't see a great pickup there. Uh, one thing that we are we have to assume as our, our data is limited, but that's a little more complicated for the customer to apply to their their cart. Um, when you put the promotions in such a way, you have to introduce a code um, because we had a split deal where we had more than one available option. And so we simplified that, made it really easy, and we put it in the listing images and in the bullets. And we just made it a buy one, get one. And we started to see units fly off. They were just straight to the moon there. That's awesome. Uh, and I guess with, you don't have great retention data on Amazon generally. Or do you? Do you, you like, what does retention look like on Amazon with a, product, with a beverage product like this? So as you start to sell enough units, uh, you get into subscribe and save, which is you know Amazon subscription feature. Um, and you can start to see that number grow over time. Um, that's the the best way we can really measure that that retention is you know people who like like the product enough to want to reorder it on a monthly or bi monthly basis. So you you build this data up from the old you know moving the old inventory. Is the inventory fully moved yet? Have you moved into the new brand on Amazon at this point? Yeah. So we we finished off um, a couple weeks ago. We've actually only been launched on the new products for about two weeks. But the, the new products are already showing good promise. Are they optimized? Like, are they? Is it? Are they selling using the same tactics as the old products? Are they selling better? Like, can you isolate that the brand had that effect on on uh, Amazon? So we took a lot of the learnings that we had from the old product moving into the new product, such as um, that knowing that the Bogo promotion was a, a big driver. We introduced that right off off the start because we wanted to really get that velocity, um, and so. We implemented learnings like that. We've also um, kind of transferred these new SKUs into our advertising using the same structure that we already had started to optimize and uh, get working how we wanted it to. Now, of course, with the new products coming in, Amazon's a very relevance-based platform. So our our cost per clicks are based on what Amazon deems uh, are relevance. So there's still some optimization happening as we've only been going for two weeks on the new products. But we had it in a good place where we could transition very nicely to the new products and the optimizations were minimal. And I think, Takai, you were saying to me that velocity on the new brand is sort of kind of around 3x what it was on the, the old brand when we started working with it. So we're seeing, we're seeing the new brand pick back up faster to where um, the old inventory was and at a faster rate, which is pretty exciting to, exciting to see. And this is mainly on the PPC side. Is it having impact on the organic side as well? So we've actually, we had a pretty good organic pickup with the old cans towards our sellout um, a couple weeks ago. Um, moving into the new cans, we've actually seen the organic kind of fall off a little bit. So we haven't seen quite as much. We've been seeing actually a lot more ad-based sales than we had seen prior to the rebrand. Very interesting. Yeah, that's tied to tied to rank. So as we see at this velocity, that, that organic revenue should climb 
follow back up as we sort of gain that relevancy back. Um, important thing to note is we are launching launching with new new SKUs and fresh reviews uh, in this instance, uh, which is good in some reasons and, and great in some instances, but does um, slower in uh, other instances. And what are you doing to get reviews as fast as possible? Everyone always asks. Um, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Is there anything, yeah, you, you can ask for it? What, like any, any strategy that helps in that regard? The best way to do it is just to generate sales volume. Um, we're util- utilizing Amazon Vine program because we, we know the new products and the formulation's delicious. It's good. We'll trust it. Get, we'll get good reviews in that program. Um, you, there's a bunch of, I mean, black hat, gray hat ways to get reviews. Yeah. Amazon's cracked down on it a lot. They've cracked down. We don't on, talk about those on, on the podcast. Yeah, and they've cracked down a lot of, on a lot of companies operating within those spaces. Uh, so it's not something we typically recommend, recommend uh, pursuing. So Zach, you're building. You know, you're building this this quite this catching net uh, for distribution on Amazon and on your website. What are your big targets for 2022 for filling that top of funnel? You know, we we want to try and get people to to like rethink how they drink, right? Nobody, nobody wants to be sold on a new beverage. Everyone has, has come out and, and claimed they're the USD organic drink of choice, right? Or the sugar-free drink, or they don't have any crafts, they don't have any jitters. Um, we're, we're trying to get people to care about the product without talking about the product at all, uh, which I think is uh, pretty interesting and, and a bit of a different approach for such like a saturated category. Um, caffeine is the most consumed psychoactive drug in the world. And we know little to nothing about it. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's woven into the fabric of our day-to-day lives. And uh, it's crazy. Not too long ago, doctors were smoking in the delivery room and no one thought anything of it. And and now we look back on it and think how crazy were we uh, to believe so. So we're not here trying to tell people how to live their lives, but rather we're going to lay some things out on the line, try and help people learn how to like caffeinate responsibly and understand that they can, they can make a better for you choice without having a compromise on health. So that's how I think we can get some 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 intrigue and attention. Um, it's it's so crazy, just so crazy. It, it just might work, you know. <laughs> Are you focusing on the influencer side of things at all? Are there any uh, any alignments that you're you're hoping for from uh, big names? We're dipping our toes into it. I I, I think um, I mean today's consumer, especially like they, they see through a lot of that that like stage influencer presence. So yeah, um, we're. Pl- yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it always, it's best when it happens organically. Like if you ever, if you yeah. ever find out when, you know, a, a celebrity loves your product and that like when you can find those situations where it happens organically, they're just so, they can be so potent. Absolutely. Absolutely. The last thing we want is, is someone just to talk about Marquee because they're getting paid to do so. Um, so if, if someone reaches out to me and they, they, they have an affinity for our brand, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to them until, until uh, the sun rises, you know. Um, and, and trying to take care of them in that regard, because it's just like, it's so hard to find nowadays when you can just like pay to play in a lot of different areas. So it's it's definitely a part of it. We're, we're putting our eggs in, in a couple of different baskets and we're going to see we're going to see what hits. So we've got a couple of different ideas up our sleeves. I love it. One, one of the things I'm bringing up with every CPG brand I talk to is I just recently did a podcast with uh, the Marshmallow Co. This, this is a, a, marsh, a gourmet marshmallow company in Australia that just started making TikToks about how the marshmallows are made. Literally just showing the factory, showing the people involved, stretching them, doing weird things like ASMR with marshmallows. 
And they now have like, I think over a hundred million, you know, views in the last six months. And just the opportunity on that platform for top of funnel brand awareness, like you guys are, you're, you look like a fun bunch. You've got, you've got the set for it. I would, I would recommend building, attempting to build in public in some way. Cause I think the opportunity on platforms like TikTok is like totally asymmetrical for, for how much you can grow on that platform. Eric, I could not agree with you more. It's been something that's been top of mind for, for quite some time. And uh, we, we wanted to make sure that we, we did it right. You know, the, the TikTok algorithm, um, they, they take care of those first couple of posts and, and really push it out there. So we've been doing a lot of research and fact-finding on other brands that are doing TikTok right, but most importantly, once they're doing it wrong, um, you can get an awful lot of findings just reading comments um, on that platform, which is just fascinating. And uh, it, it might be a guilty pleasure of mine, but I love looking at the comments on some of the ads and how people just rip these brands apart because they're not yeah. participating in the platform as it's meant to be, right? They don't they don't want they don't want TikTok to be used like Instagram or to be used like Facebook or like Pinterest. They yeah. want it to be used like TikTok, you know. So um, we are actually uh, launching our account uh, in the next thirty days or so um, with a bit of a different approach. It's going to show the behind the scenes of like the inner workings of of, of our company. Um, and the LA side of things. I think that's so smart. I think, um, yeah, Midday Squares is a brand I talk about on the podcast from Montreal. They're they're doing that. Like they're making mini docu- office style documentaries about their lawsuits with big companies. I just think there's a real appetite for entrepreneurship in today's sort of climate. You know, entrepreneurship is one of those great sort of beacons of like what people can still get excited about and provide meaning in their life, provide wealth in these uncertain times. So I feel like people are just really into that content, which is what we're doing here at D2C. Absolutely. They want that like transparency. People don't want to see the, uh, the, the posed pictures anymore, the, yeah. the pretty studio shots. They, they, want the, they want the real grittiness. And I think that's what uh, that platform is perfect for. So you're one step ahead of us, man. They used to say they, uh, you don't show them how the sausage was made, but I think that was before TikTok. They, yeah, it absolutely <laughs> was. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, to Kai and Rob, any, uh, any sort of goals for the next uh, three or four months with, with Marquee? Where do you guys think you can take this account? Sky's the limit right now, really. We, I mean, we already proved that with a can, as, as Zach described, a can that was not quite as fine-tuned, you know, the, the branding, and they really dialed that in. And so um, we've already proved that that one can work. So the new brand, we're, we're pretty hopeful that we can continue to drive that infinitely. <laughs> and we're headed into summer too. So I imagine drink, I imagine people get thirstier in the summers. For sure. And it, it's really exciting to work with a brand like Marquis that is very energetic and very, very excited and passionate about their product. Um, but also that is clearly putting in the effort to grow their brand in across channels and various, like whether that's through TikTok or retail and DTC, seeing that uh, focus and presence is a good sign for us because ultimately anything that helps the ecosystem, like the better we can do on Amazon, that's if someone buys on Amazon the first time and they're in Target, then they buy it in Target, great. If someone buys it in Target first and then decides to search on Amazon, great. Anything that helps the ecosystem and grows the brand is is very exciting for us uh, and just just helps out. So that's that's something I'm excited about. Nice, very cool. Yeah, we have we have people demoing the product at retail locations, and instead of buying a single can, they're they're going to Amazon to to make a purchase. So. It's uh, it, it's crazy the the ins and outs of like the customer journey nowadays. There really is no like, there's no really tracking it. It's it's so strange with how it works. But um, I'm pumped we got the uh, the right team on board. If they can make the old brand work, I mean, we're two weeks in. I, I cannot wait to see. Maybe we have to do a little uh, a little uh, catch up in a couple months or so, Eric, and 
I'll be, I'll be, I'll be sitting on piles of cash instead of <laughs> behind this bar. <laughs> I love it. Maybe we'll do it in person at that point, Timmy. We'll fly down to LA and we'll do an in-person checkup. Oh, that sounds like a deal. That would be a lot of fun. Nice. Well, if you're out there and you want to try a marquee, go to drinkmarquee.com. Uh, every time I say drink marquee, I think biz marquee. So it's like, it's this great sound alike homonym that, you know, it's one of the best rappers of all time. Tons of similarities uh, between biz marquee and our brand. Tons. <laughs> I'm glad we could end on that note. Uh, thanks so much for coming on today, guys. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.